0: for A man, he will find us ready and he will find us available. <laughs> Say, did I see the Bayeska, the Bayeska, the Boron of the and say Jesus' the people's and even in the places <laughs> where our words <laughs> cannot communicate, Lord, I ask and pray, Lord, that your of will even communicate the desires of our hearts the desires of our hearts that may even be unknown to us us lord father we pray lord that your spirit that searches out all things would reveal it oh god Mm. will reveal the desires of our hearts so that we would see oh god when these prayers have been answered so that we would realize oh god when these desires oh god have been fulfilled by your grace and Mm. by your mercy and by your love father we give you praise this morning we have come to receive of you father we have come to be blessed by you Father, we have come to be transformed by your word. Father, we have come, Lord, to be changed, O God, to be molded, to be crafted, O God, to mirror and to reflect your image, Lord. We ask, Lord, that all that we see this morning is Christ. All that we hear is Christ. All that we discern is Christ, O God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Good morning, everyone. Um, welcome to day five of Kundalini Yoga. Um, so I woke up this morning and I was asking, you know, we've been going through this journey in the Book of Joshua, and um, I never get used to praying. I never get used to being called or being given the privilege to minister to God's people. I never get used to it. Maybe it's because of the way that I was trained um, in my work with God, to see every, every call as an opportunity to dig deeper, you know, and to see every, um, every invitation as an opportunity to glean from God. Also understanding that there is a wisdom that is is available for each day. So it can be, I can, you know, I have the choice to either take the word of God casually and say, okay, if this is what, where you know if this is the pattern for um, for these meetings, then okay, create a structure you know and all of that. While those things are great and fantastic, I am always um, responsive or re- ready or willing to invite God into every part of it, into every 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 decision, every instruction, every word that is shared. And so every morning when I wake up, when we have prayer meetings like this and I have the opportunity to lead, you know, um, the first thing I say to God is, okay, what is on your heart? What would you have the people here this morning? You know, because it cannot be my words that will change anybody. It cannot even be my words that will change me. How many times have you sat down and made resolutions and written to-do lists and said, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and... Sometimes it probably works, but there are also times when it's like, okay, what happened? Why am I not motivated and all of that? The voice of a man can probably do as much as motivating you, but it is the voice of God and the spirit that is released um, in his voice and in his word that changes a man and that transforms a man. So my prayer for everyone on this call and my prayer for this community, every day we come together, I say, Lord, please do a work in all our lives, do a work in the lives of these people. Let them actually see testimonies. Let them actually see that God is at work in their lives. Let them have a reason to say, you know, to say, to look back one month later, five months later, one year later, and see that indeed God has done something in their lives because otherwise everything we're doing is just religion. Everything we're doing is just to fulfill our self-righteousness you know everything we're doing is just like clockwork is routine personally i'm not even a person that likes routine it gets very boring for me you know so how much more god if we're not even allowing him come into the things that we you know the things like this, like praying, because we're really praying to him, things like worship, like fellowship, if we just have our own plan and stick to it, we make the word of God of no effect, one of the prayers I've been praying, you know, with my, all of my heart in this season is, Father, let your word prosper in me, cause your word to prosper in me, because really, It is when the word of God prospers in a man. It is when the word of God has room to prosper in you. That's when your life changes. So I don't want to be that person that has some faith when it is convenient on days when it is going well. And then other days it's like, okay, it's not so convenient. Okay, so today I don't have faith. I'm also praying to God and asking him, Lord, give me the boldness, the boldness to arise, the boldness to believe you. You know, there's something that Pastor Isi um, said some time ago. And she talked about humility and how humility is not just being low and wearing, you know, putting your, wearing your, in fact, that's a false humility. And she always says that that's like pride in itself. That false humility of, oh, woe is me. Oh, little man that I am. Oh, nothing good can come out of me. You know, um, it is time for you to arise and become and you want to play small. Playing small is not humility, It's false humility, you know. And she talked about how humility is not in us trying to bring ourselves down. Humility, most times, is seen or um, it can be seen as when God tells you to arise and become what you have never been. And you saying, yes, Lord, I take your word for it. I dare to trust you. I will arise and I'll do what you're saying, you know. um, It's daring to, you know, break the status quo. It is daring to shift the norm. It is daring to believe. It's daring to launch out, just like Peter, you know. That was not a false, that 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 was him being humble because I give it to the guy, he had tried. This is someone that was a fisherman. He had tried and tried and tried and toiled and toiled. He said he had toiled all night. Do you know what it means to toil all night? You're not just sitting there and reading a book. You're risking yourself and putting yourself at the sea. He was probably in the eye of the storm. He was probably, you know, he was far from the shores. He had gone so far. He had carried the nets and he was casting his nets. So it wasn't a passive um, engagement. He was, act- he was actively doing something. And then God told, Jesus told him, okay, Peter, maybe you should reconsider XYZ what he would have done on instinct the first time is probably say ah, this thing you're telling me thank you i appreciate it i hear you but you're not a fisherman and you're not skilled in this area so thank you very much but he admitted that okay this thing you are saying to me it's hard i've been doing this thing all night i have told all night i have told for a season i have done what i have known i have done the things that have given me results in the night I have done the things that are required to be done before the breaking of the new season. I have done the things that are expected, the things that are on paper, the things that are required. I've gone through the 10 steps that would give me prosperity. I have gone through the seven ways of becoming a successful man. I have gone through the, you know, the curriculum of a strategic fisherman. I have done these things, but now you are showing up and you are telling me that I should do it a different way. Nevertheless, at your word. I will try again. Nevertheless, at your word, I would take your suggestion. Nevertheless, at your word, I will consider your word. I will consider it. I will incline myself to it. And the Bible records that he made such a catch. I believe that the real testimony there is not even the fish that he caught. It's the fact that he could change his mind. Remembering that when Jesus Christ came, he said, change your mind, change your mind metanoia metanoia repent repent for the kingdom of god is at hand it's about changing the way you have done things it's about changing the way that you have engaged this you know this is something we've been hearing over and over and over again and that's why for me I i have to run to god and say god please let it not be the same words that is not making any effect or any difference in anybody's lives. Because if that's what we're doing, there's no point. There's no point coming on prayer and call every day I'm muting our mics and I'm screaming and shouting, oh, mute your mics, let's pray, let's pray. There's no need for that. People can be sleeping, people can be going to take a walk, people can be going to the gym. But we're coming here for a purpose because we want to be changed. I want us to have that intentionality. I want us to have that understanding. I want us to have that mindset. We're not coming because we are seeing a message on the group saying, oh, it is time. We should arise and set our own alarms. We shouldn't even wait for anybody to tell us it's time to pray. We should start praying. We should start start anticipating and receiving the word of God for the day. So that when words of instructions or word of direction come like this. It's a confirmation of what God has already told us. We said it on the first or was it the second day that this is a season of responsibility this is the time I was sharing with another group um, a couple of days ago. <laughs> My life, really, is someone can actually call me in the morning and tell me, "Oh, Stephanie, you have to minister at so and so place." First, I will feel the discomfort of, "Oh, I have this, I have that, I have that," but then I hold on to the perspective of God and I say, "Okay, God, why are you sending me to this place?" For the fact that this word, and it's not just anybody I can take instructions from, but the people that I have given myself to, and I've said I'm accountable to these ones. I submit myself to, myself to these ones. I submit my you know my journey to these ones, and I'm going to take their instructions and they're leading as a word from God to build me, to instruct me, and to help me grow. When certain things come up, it's not, and I realize that there are other people that could have been called. But the fact that God found me worthy in the midst of whatever it is that I think that I'm doing, I rise and immediately I run to God and I say, God, what is your word for these people? What is it that you want them to hear? How do you want them to be blessed? And so many times, in fact, in the times when I have felt like I'm not even ready, I have seen God move. I have seen people say, oh, my God, I have been blessed. So I was sharing with a group of people a couple of days ago. Um, and I was telling them that um, this is a season for us to be responsible. This is not a time that you wait. There's not a time to, if you don't see what you want or you don't see what you sense, create it. God did not see what he wanted and he arose and he spoke. And he said, let there be light in the beginning. He consulted the, the, the Godhead and they started creating. They did not wait. And I believe that God, if we're talking about the prophetic or prophecy, God, the father, the son, and the spirit, the Godhead, they are the captains of the prophetic. So their lives or their ways and their actions are prophetic ways and prophetic actions. If God, as great as he was, could arise and start creating by himself, he did not delegate it to anybody else. But instead he consulted and he came together with his team and he said, let us build. He was creating that template for us. He was showing us that in the midst of darkness, in the darkest hour of your life, that is an opportunity for you to see the spirit of the living God arise in your favor, arise and begin to brood over the darkness and create something that has never existed before. I say this to encourage us and I also say this because when I woke up this morning I said to God what is on your heart for the people this morning I know that we are reading and we are going through a journey in Joshua rightfully so because that is the season of camping to um we are camping before we cross into because we have crossed over so we are at the verge and we are waiting to know what you are saying to us so if if at all, anything that we have picked up in the last five or four days, responsibility. That is one of the things that God is saying to us. Arise and be responsible. You don't see it, but you sense it. So begin to create it. You know. And I was praying to God and God said, tell them that they should not remove or neglect the ancient landmark which the fathers had set. And I said, okay, let's you know let's get into it how do you mean and he took me to i remember that scripture in proverbs twenty two twenty eight. 28 i said okay so how do we bring it home how do we relate it to um what we are studying or what we are praying about in this season according to you know um joshua's journey and all of that so let's go to the book of joshua i i always trust god every time i do this because the word of God is like, you know, you are touching one thing. God is showing you another thing. He's showing you another. I wonder what it was for, for Jesus, really, because he is the word, the living, breathing word of God. And when he came and he walked as man, imagine what it felt like for him. Every time he sat down and he preached this symbol, he's preaching about himself. And I'm sure there were so many, so many dimensions that would have opened up for him in the spirit. And he's just like, ah i only have two hours. If I do three hours, these people, the bread and fish that we have, <laughs> it may not be enough. We may stay stay here for another, maybe 48 hours. You know, but it's just, there's just so much in the word of God. It's not limited. One hour on the, this is a prayer call, but most times we what we do is we teach so that it can give us like direction for how we should pray. You know, so I say this to encourage us also, not to just listen to these words and, oh, fantastic. Oh, I was blessed. Oh, so powerful, so powerful. Mm-mm-mm-mm. That time has passed. You know, powerful is great. We thank God. But how is he yielding fruits in your life? How is this word prospering in your life? How much room has been made available for it to enter, to sit and to, you know, go into the roots of our souls and into the foundations of our lives so that it can bring forth fruits. So we'll move to Joshua. Um, so we're on Joshua 5 today. Um, before Joshua 5, okay. So the Lord was saying, remove not the ancient landmark which the fathers have set. And he also told me that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So from Joshua chapter 4, and it came to pass when all the people were clean, passed, were clean passed over Jordan, that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man, and command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place, where ye shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared, of the children of Israel, out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and take up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come saying, what mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. Remember, remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. So this is communicating to, we get the gist, I believe. God was telling Joshua, this is the reason why there must be a memorial. So that when the ones that come after you ask, you know, there is a frame of reference. There is a um, understanding available or understanding is received or given to them why these actions were taken. And the children of Israel did so. As Joshua commanded and took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan, As the Lord spoke unto Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests which bear the Ark of the Covenant stood, and they are there unto this day. For the priests which bear the ark stood in the midst of Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to speak unto the people according to all that Moses commanded Joshua and the people hasted and passed over. And it came to pass when all the people were clean, were clean passed over that the ark of the Lord passed over and the priests in the presence of the people and the children of Reuben and the children of God and half the tribe of Manasseh passed over armed Before the children of Israel, as Moses speak unto them, about 40,000 prepared for battle, um, prepared for war passed over before the Lord unto battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day, the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of all Israel and they feared him as they feared Moses all the days of his life. And the Lord spake unto Joshua saying, command the priests that bear the ark of the testimony that they may come up out of Jordan. Joshua therefore commanded the priest saying, come ye up out of Jordan. And it came to pass when the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord were come up out of the midst of Jordan and the soles of the priest's feet were lifted onto the dry land that the waters of Jordan returned unto their place and flowed over all his banks as they did before. And the people came up out of Jordan on the 10th day of the first month and encamped in Gilgal, in the east border of Jericho. And those 12 stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, you Shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land for the lord your god dried up the waters of jordan from before you until you passed over as the lord your god did to the red sea which he dried up from before us until we were gone over that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the lord that is that it is mighty that he that ye might fear the lord your god forever may the lord bless the reading of his word amen so here we see that um the story of them crossing over and God telling Joshua, um, take up those memorial stones, take up those memorial stones, one for every tribe. Um, keep a testament or um, a testimony or, um, you know, a frame of reference for the generations to come. Let them know and let them see why. Why? Because, and I usually say, I should usually say this when I realized or when I received the understanding that what we have in scripture today, the different names of God that we see expressed in scripture is because men had certain encounters with God and received God as um, they saw a, would I say, an aspect of God that they had never seen before that blew their minds. And it spontaneously brought forth that name of God. Saying, oh, Jehovah Jireh, you are my provider. It's because they had, it was, it was euphoric. It was an experience that nobody taught them. They came into it by themselves. You know, Sikeno, um, um, Shalom, Jehovah Shalom, my peace. They were experiencing and seeing God in all of these dimensions. And they're speaking these words. And the Bible will even tell us that even Jacob, he will take up his stone Um, his fathers did the same thing. They take up memorial stones, you know, um, they take up stones and then they say, ah, I'm going to create an altar here. I'm going to create a, a memorial here to give praise to God. Why do they do these things? Because it communicates to, um, to all of creation, the might of God. It communicates to all of creation, the sovereignty of God. It communicates to all of creation, the relationship that you have with God. And what it does is it releases faith for the next generations to come. So if we're talking about not removing the ancient landmark which the fathers had set, I believe that one of the things that has been lacking in the body of Christ or has been lacking in this generation, and we know by now that by generation, we're not just talking about millennials and uh, generation Z. No, it is the time that we find ourselves in. Whether you are 100 years old, 90 years old, 16 that we are on this earth at this time, this is the marking of a generation. It's one of the things that is lacking in this generation. The Bible tells us in the book of Luke chapter 18, uh, I believe it's verse eight. In fact, Let me open it up so that I can read it word for word. It talks about how when the son of man comes, will he find faith? so if the bible is asking that question if jesus it was even jesus that was speaking if he's asking that question it means that there is something there is something that is going on there there is something that he wants to address luke chapter 18 i'll read the message version from verse 1 to 8 jesus told them a story showing that it was necessary for them to pray consistently and never quit so praying is fantastic in fact there's a way that um I heard it's been explained that praying is taking the words that you have received and massaging it into your body. There's a level of the word that is released that um, leads to an out, like a spontaneous breaking out of prayer. Um, Prayer is you taking that word of God and releasing and declaring over your life, establishing it over your life, speaking those words into existence for your life. That's why when we come on the call and our mics are muted, I don't get it. I'm like, we are here to pray, we are here to establish, we are here to decree, we are here to declare, we are here to release the word of God and make it really of, of, give it the power to make effect or make changes in our lives because we're saying that from scripture, we know that the word of God is a double-edged sword. It has been spoken and it has been written down in scripture. It is when we take that word and put it on our lips and speak, the word is speaking, we are speaking it is giving us that double-edged, um, that double-edged power to execute and establish in our lives. So please, when we come together to pray, it's not going to take you anything to um, unmute your mic because you, it is yourself you are praying for. So Jesus told them a story showing that it was necessary for them to pray consistently and never quit. He said, there was once a judge in some city who never gave God a thought and cared nothing for people. A widow in that city, kept after him, my rights are being violated, protect me. He never gave her the time of day, but after this went on and on, he said to himself, I care nothing what God thinks, even less what people think, but because this widow won't quit badgering me, I'd better do something and see that she gets justice. Otherwise I'm going to end up beating black and blue by her pounding. Then the master said, do you hear what the judge Do you hear what that judge, corrupt as he is, is saying? So what makes you think God won't step in and work justice for his chosen people who continue to cry out for help? Won't he stick up for them? I assure you he will. He will not drag his feet. But how much of that kind of persistent faith will the son of man find on the earth when he returns? How much of faith really exists on earth now? Check it. There's a lot of hyping. There's a lot of motivation. There's a lot of, as P. I. would say, pentirascalism, but is there really faith? Do we believe the word of God? Do we even know the word of God? You see, that's why it takes it takes courage and strength to have faith, but not courage and strength in yourself. So what we see happening in this generation is a lot of, as Nigerians would say, gra-gra. There's a lot of courage and strength in self there's the propagation of the ministry of self there's the amplification of self oh leave your best truth leave this leave that and that's why this generation is so confused and that's why there cannot be faith the kind of faith that moves mountains the kind of faith that takes the rod that god has put in your hands and puts it to the red sea and that red sea will part and there will be a dry ground the kind of faith that will cause men to fall flat on their faces and give glory to God. The kind of faith that will make you walk into a city, the boldness and the strength that will produce the faith, that will make you carry divine presence, that you walk into a city and then you hear that the crime rate of that city has gone down, not by your doing, but because of the grace of God. The grace of God is not, ah, God help us. There is so much that we have lost. There is so much that we do not hold dear anymore. There is so much that that we have lost sight of. But one of the things that God is addressing in this time is faith. When the son of God comes, when the son of man comes, will he find that kind of drastic faith? Will he find that kind of faith that that will push even the unbelieving judge, that will make the unbelievers submit to the will of God? Will he find that kind of faith in us? The Bible tells us that um, in Joshua chapter five, verse one, it says, and it came to pass when the kings of the Amorites were on the side of the Jordan westward. These were unbelieving kings. Take notes. They were not people they were kings. They were, it was like, they were pharaohs. They were like Nebuchadnezzar, kings. All the kings of the Canaanites, which were on the sea, when they heard The Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until we were passed over that their hearts melted. Neither was their spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. So until the children of Israel arose and they moved and they believed God's word, there's no way there would have been the occasion for for creation to see that God was to be glorified if they did not move if they stayed in the place that they were used to, if they had told themselves, well, anyway, our fathers did it and it worked for them. Why reinvent the wheel? Don't, don't fix it if it's not broken. Those things, you know, sometimes, but there are certain times when it is time to reinvent the wheel. It is time to rebuild what has never existed and forget about the one that did not break. That was fantastic, and it had served the purpose. But it is time to create a new thing. We see this also when Rahab was telling, when Rehab was telling the spies. Um, I believe it was in chapter two. Chapter two, when she told the spies, chapter two from verse, and she said, "For we have heard." how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when ye came out of Egypt and what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side, Jordan, Sihon, and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt, neither did there remain any courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and in the earth beneath. The knowledge of the glory of God must cover the earth as the waters cover the sea, but it's not going to happen automatically. That is why God has placed us here on earth to partner with him, to trust him, to have faith in his word, to radically obey him. The Bible tells us that Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him as righteousness. Just believing God alone, just believing God alone. The way of God is not the way of like, God's ways cannot be compared to the, way, to the way of men. The things that God sees as virtuous, the things that touch and minister to God's hearts, are the seeming small things. Just believing His word, it gives Him joy. So much so that He said, Ah, this one is righteous. He, 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 he just marked Abraham out and He decided to bless him. When God released his word to Abraham, it was hard. Imagine at that age, at that point, with everything, with all of his journey, leaving his father's house at what age, I'm sure they would have said, mean, finally, his village people are chasing him. Oh, look at this Abraham. How can you be saying that he's at this age? You want to relocate? Where are you going to? You say you want to do what? They asked him where he's going. He said, Oh, I'm going to a city whose builder and maker is called. They said, Ah, Abraham, is finally over. Then imagine for Sarah. Would have insulted her. That maybe we told you this man that you wanted to marry. I knew he, he, there was there was nothing good that was going to come out of him, or maybe not really. Maybe it was even a surprise to their people. Maybe they were just disappointed. And uh, uh, what's going on? I'm sure people would have tried to tell them, "I uh, uh, stay here. Things are working here. Everything is fine. There's no need. Do you even know where you are going? Do you?" Know? But Abraham worked based on the conviction that God gave him. And look at how everything unfolded. Even when God was giving him promises and telling him that I'm going to make you a father of nations, it did not seem that way. But Abraham believed and with that conviction in his heart, he continued to journey in God. Today, we can look at, that. we can see Abraham's act of faith as a memorial stone that was lifted up unto God. Just his action, just his action. It did not seem like a material thing. It did not seem like he was sure but him doing that alone has given us a substance for what we can hold um, what we are hoping for it has given us a frame of reference for us to journey it has shown us that with god all things are possible yesterday i was in the middle of something i can't remember and i just heard in my spirit that do you know that with god all things are possible and it wasn't just in a case of oh i'm trusting god for this thing therefore this thing is possible no there are many dimensions. There are many possibilities in God. But most times we are the ones that box ourselves in and we box God. I remember one of the explanations or the, um, um, yeah, the explanations that the rabbis gave us when we were in Ghana. They talked about how the name of God in itself, the root word is a verb, is not a noun. And a verb is an action word. A verb is constantly doing. A, 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 a verb is constantly creating. A verb is constantly in motion. A verb is literally an action word. And seeing that the name of God in itself is a verb, it speaks of the personality or the character of God. We we cannot get used to God. We cannot get used to God in, in the sense that we don't even expect. We don't even hope. We don't even persevere. We don't even pray. We don't even believe. There's so many times I've caught myself and I've said, do you even believe the word of God? Do you even know what the word of God says concerning your life? Do you know what the word of God is saying for you concerning this season of your life? Because if you don't know, how will you hold on to it? How will you believe? So it starts with knowing God. We've established these things. It is they that know their God that will be strong and they will do exploits. Now you know your God or you are on, you are on that journey of knowing your God. Sometimes we may even get stuck in that pattern of, you know what? I'm not even very experienced. Maybe that's why, you know, or um, I'm not too familiar with this thing or I've not read the whole Bible. That's not an excuse to not finish reading the Bible. However, that is not a stumbling block because we must understand that our God in himself is a journey. So we cannot wait until something is perfect. The perfection that God talks about is not the perfection of completing a thing. Um, it's not the perfection as the world sees it. The perfection is in journeying with him, walking with him, and giving him room to prosper in your life and giving him room to transform your life. So it is by exercising our faith that we are perfected daily, moment by moment, time by time, season by season, until Christ is fully formed in us, until all of the earth above and um, all of the earth beneath and all of the heaven above will give glory to the name of our God. So we see here that the hearts of the kings melted. Rahab also spoke of it even before we saw this happening. She already told them that uh, when we saw this thing that God did, and guess what? They didn't need to say anything. It was even how many spies that showed up. It wasn't the whole nation of Israel that showed up at her doorstep. And she's the one that just went and told them, Look, you guys, look, me already know the deal. I want to arrange myself because I've seen that God is with you. Those three want to see that manner of faith emerge. In our time that we can boldly, this i saw the radical move of faith being restored to the church i saw a radical move of faith being restored to my my generation i was among the number of people that trusted god radically believed him radically and you know the thing about faith that i have realized in the moments where you are walking that walk it seems like you are crazy it seems like you you it, it just because it is not the norm it is not what people are used to it is not culture it is not tradition it is not predictable it is a new thing our god tells us behold i am doing a new thing god is constantly doing a new thing so why do we ever get comfortable with just be doing the regular expected things you know um there's another scripture in the book of second kings chapter 7 i believe um the book of second Kings chapter seven, that talks about, in fact, I have it opened. Second Kings chapter seven. Are we still here? I hope we're here. Um, Second Kings chapter seven um, from verse one. Then Elisha said, hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gates of Samaria. Now take notes. It was a time of famine. There was no food. There was nothing. Everything was expensive. Everything was crazy. It's like naira was just depreciating, and dollar was not even available. CBN started sending out emails to people telling them if you do such a thing, because there was no there was no dollar in the economy anymore. Everybody was, and then a man of God came and said, "Thus saith the Lord: By this time tomorrow, one naira will be." Um, one Naira will be 500 pounds. There will be too many jobs in Nigeria. There won't be appointment dates for people to get visas into Nigeria. There will be such and such and such. And guess what? Verse two says, then a Lord on whose hand the King leaned and sat the man of God and said, behold, if the Lord will make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, behold, thou shalt see. Okay, um, might this thing be? And he said, behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shall not it thereof. So the, 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 the person that was even, would I say, challenging Elisha here is someone that was very familiar with the economics of the time zone. So yeah. According to the scripture, he was the king's hand. The Bible says he's the one that the king leaned on. He was probably the consultant of all economic financial matters. He was the one that knew the price of the inflation rates. He knew He knew the numbers, do you understand? He was was an economic strategist, most likely, for him to be the one that the king is leaning on. The king gets advice from, the king is getting counsel from. So when one Elisha came and was telling him, oh, this is what the Lord is saying, he came with a word of faith for the new season that was coming. It was a new season already because I believe it was almost almost, um, dusk. So they had already, they were ending a new season. If you remember on one of the power hours we had, I think it was on Monday, we talked about the different watches of the day and how a day really starts from the night time. So a season was reaching its full bloom. It was reaching its completion. And a word came for the morning. A word came for the new day. And it was spoken by the man of God. It was released so that it would be activated. And someone came and tried to sow tears. And what was the response? Elisha said to him, Behold, thou shalt see it with with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. Our actions, in fact, it was his mindset, that gave him the boldness to speak those words. So it really starts with our minds. The Bible tells us it is not what goes out of, it is not what enters a man that defiles him, but what comes out of him. So whatever is coming out of you is a product of what is in your heart. And that was why God said to Joshua in the beginning, meditate on this word. It will guide you. It's not that God wanted to punish him or put him in a concentration camp. He understood the times. He understood that they will be surrounded. He understood that if you are not looking to the word, you will lose sight. You will start staggering. You will start wavering. You would not be stable. You will be unstable in all your ways and you will not even be able to eat the fruit or the good of this land. Look at the people that have walked the journey before. Today, they are here. Tomorrow, they are there. Next tomorrow, they are receiving manna six days a week. Tomorrow, they are asking for quails. They are asking for onions. They are asking for the things that they were used to. They kept looking back to the things that they were used to. They were sticking to tradition. They were sticking to all of those things that they knew. Alas. They did not see the land of promise. They did not eat the good of the land. They could not cross into, they had crossed out. Everybody was afraid when they saw it, but they couldn't cross into because of unbelief, because of lack of faith. And so this man communicated this thing and it was also the same thing that's happened to the Israelites. He said, you will see it too, but you will not enter it wherever you are, say, God forbid that my eyes will see, but, my, but, but I will not enter and I will not lay hold of that inheritance. Because God said to Joshua that you are the one that will lead the people into the inheritance. So really, if you look at it, what was wrong with the guy saying, Ah, how is it possible if the windows of heaven are open? How is that possible? You know, even if in the space of 48 hours, in the space of 24 hours, is it even possible? There's nothing wrong with having that conversation with God. And this should not um, make us a- afraid to ask God questions. However, what is the root of the question? What is your mindset as you're asking the question? Are you asking because you want to know so that you can plug in? Or are you saying it out of disregard and unbelief? That is why we must constantly pray against unbelief. We must always pray against the spirit of doubt. We must always check that nothing is distorting or. Um, um, Nothing is distorting or perverting our faith. We must always be careful. We must always be vigilant. And so we see that from verse three, there were four leprous men at the entering of the gates and they said one to another, why sit here until we die? Guess what? The word had been released. The person that should have been aligned, the person that was closest to the king, the person that everyone would have expected that, oh, by the time this blessing comes, okay, he so will be the one that would even be sharing things. Is the one that will be in charge of X, Y, Z. He, he was found on the wrong side of the prophetic word. He was found on the place in the place of doubt and unbelief. However, when God's word is released, we must realize that the spirit of the word that is released begins to do its work. It begins to brood. It begins to activate people. So if you are responding in doubt, just know that there's another person somewhere that is responding in mm-hmm. faith. If God is telling you to arise and become, and you're saying, ah, Oh, wretched man that I am. I don't know, I'm not sure. Just know that there's another person somewhere that is responding to it as PI always says, for every, ah, how does she say it? For every, um, basically she talks about Esau and Jacob. So at every point where you are sitting at a table and you are not able to see the opportunities that are before you, there is a Jacob that is sitting at the edge of that table waiting to take your birthright waiting to take that blessing, waiting to walk into that inheritance because because you are going to choose convenience because you are going to choose what you're used to because you want to choose what you have always known and you don't want to allow yourself. You don't want, you want to preserve yourself. You want to cover yourself. You don't want to appear a fool. You don't want to even think beyond the boundaries of your mind and how it has been working. You don't want to stress yourself. Another person will stress themselves. Another person will allow themselves to look like a fool. Another person will allow themselves to try. Another person will say, okay, I've told all night. Okay, me, let me just try. Last, last, I won't get it right or I would see another reason why this thing will work. And so we see these four leprous men at the entering of the gates. They said one to another, why should we sit here until we die? Because hey, he that is down needs fear no fall. Hey. There's nothing worse than our situation. We are leprous and we are hungry. We are even sitting at the entering of the gates, meaning they didn't even allow us to safe. So it's not like everything was even working out for us anyway. So they had nothing to lose nothing to lose there's this series i um i stumbled on and i remember the criteria for the people they were picking to do a particular task the guy said uh, he i don't think they were even the most experienced people okay they had experience, yes, that qualified them to do the job but one of the things he said was i need people that have nothing to lose what are you holding on to that you think you cannot lose are you like the rich fool that is looking at your life and you're saying, ah, I have this one, thank God I have this. Oh, thank God I have that. Or oh, are you like the four le- leper, um, leprous men? Or oh, are you like that widow, dogged, resilient? And you're like, you know what? I have nothing to lose. This life that I have is only one, I must make it count. They said, if we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we si- still sit here, we die also. Now, therefore, come, let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. If they kill us, we shall but die. And they rose up in the twilight. Take note of the time. They rose up in the twilight to go unto the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost um, part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. Guess why? From verse 6 For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, "Lo, the king of Israel had hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went unto one tent and did not and did eat and drink and carry then silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and they hid it. Then they said one to another, "We we do not well. This day is a day of good tidings. Imagine these were the people that were the first to now come into the promise of God. Why? Because they had nothing to lose. They had nothing to lose. And so they held on to, they thought they were just, you know, casually just shuffling their feet, but they were walking in faith because a word had been released and they were found on the right side of the gates. They were not found within the city gates and in that place of protection, they were found on, they were already at the front line. They were already on the forefront. So it's not just enough for the word to be released. Where are you standing? Are you ready? The Bible tells us that the Israelites, there's It's the Passover standing. They were not, it wasn't something that they were eating and sitting down and casually chilling out, maxing and relaxing. No, this is not a season to be relaxing and to be sitting down. You have, the soul of man has to come and find faith in you. He has to come and find you doing faithfully, diligently. This is not a time for idleness at all. This is the year and the season of the builder. What are you building? What are you building? What pattern are you following? God is releasing patterns and blueprints in this time like never before. I can tell you that for fact. Let me give a testimony. It's already seven o'clock. I understand if you may need to go, that's fine. But if you can stay, let's just, let's just try a little, a few more minutes. When this year started, I wasn't sure about a lot of things. I think I've shared this before. But I wasn't sure about a lot of things. With the way last year went, it hit me really, really, really bad. And I was just unsure. And because I have been an entrepreneur for a while and I have done most of the things that I do by myself, I don't advise anybody who is going into entrepreneurship to try and do everything themselves. Um, That was how I started out because I didn't have the business intelligence. I had the skill, I had technique and all of those things. I'm very creative, you know, but when it came to doing business, I didn't really know much and I just went into it, you know? And so um, a lot of things I had to figure out on the way. I had to start figuring out things I had to, you know, and because the Nigerian climate is different in terms of how you even do business, there were things that sprung up on me like as a surprise. Anyway, I was figuring things out as I went along, you know, and last year was that year that everybody got a hit. But at some point I knew that something had to change. I couldn't explain it. I received the word from um, my mentor, Pastor Isi. We had um, one of those calls. She wasn't even in the country at the time. And we could see what God was saying for a new season. And it blessed me so much because I was already receiving those signals from God. So it was a confirmation. I sat down, I took my book. I wrote and wrote and wrote so many things. Guess what? I wanted to fall into the trap of culture and tradition so after god had given me that word instead of me to get to Paris and start build, I was still trying to i was still trying to okay let me just make sure that this one is working but guess what the other thing I was trying to do was just not working that was around I'll say September into December uh, September October November December January came February I had to make a decision concerning um you know staying in a property renewing my renewing the lease for Um, for the workspace and all of that. And for some reason, it just wasn't, it's not because the money was not available, but I did not have peace of mind making that decision. I tried to wrap my mind around how it would work and all of that. But God just gave me an incline at some point in general and told me, start doing this new thing. This was even totally, this was totally abstract from what I even do. I'm like, God, are you serious? And that involved money and investing. So first I thought I was mad. So I called my, my, I called PI, I told PI, I called my sister. I told her, I told, I think, yeah, between my, I told my sister and I told PI and I prayed about it. And I said, I said, God, give me a sign. Show me if you want me to do this thing, because this thing you are saying, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how I can defend it. Even the, 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 the cost of it. I don't know how I can defend it. And God said, you want a sign? I'll give you a sign. And that evening I got my first sign. The second sign came when I had started doing the thing, the first day of that new thing, I got my second sign. I can't really go into too many details cause we'll stay here for long, but that second sign led to another thing. Um, at some point I had to make the decision to start um, changing the structure of even having a physical space, moving things online. God started telling me, change this, change that, incorporate this into your services. For the first time, I started teaching this year. I actually owned it. I created a structure around it. I started teaching. I taught without having an office space like I've always had. And in the space of a month, I raked in so much. In fact, I've never recorded that amount of money in that space of time like I recorded in previous months or in previous years in that short period of time. I made it in a month. I didn't have an office space. I did not have any overhead costs. I did not have any staff. But all I had was faith. And all I had was the word of God. And I said, God, if you're saying I should do this, then I'll do this. Take note, when I started doing it, it didn't seem like it. I was still trying to do it on my own strength. And then slowly and slowly, God was giving me insights. He was giving me um, understanding. He was giving me, as we say in Nigeria, he was giving me expo. And you know, I would say this. When um, I think I said it on the second day. Wisdom is being able to decipher or discern or extract the counsel of God from a situation. So wisdom is not just limit, limited to, lim, it's not just limited to, oh, Father, give me wisdom. Give Okay, God releases wisdom. Sometimes it's in conversations with people, you, you are able to discern the judgment and the will of God. So you can just be sitting down and having a conversation with a friend and then Wisdom starts to speak and then you can respond and know, okay, this is the voice of my father. This is the voice of the shepherd. And you take notes of that thing and you start doing it. In fact, I was in one of those conversations with a very good friend and wisdom came at me. And I took that thing, the, as we say in Nigeria, the ginger that I received that day in less than how many hours, I stayed up, I created a presentation, I did a proposal. The might that came from that council because it was the spirit of wisdom and counsel. The might that came from it, I created a proposal, drafted everything, did everything I needed to do, boom, 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 in the space of weeks, that was it. The, you know, everything changed. Why am I sharing this with us? Our eyes must be open and our ears must be open and our hearts must be open to receive the counsel, the wisdom of God. And we must constantly stay in the word of God so that faith can rise up in us. I could go on and on but I will just end in the hallmark of faith. Hebrews chapter 11. I just want to mention these generals and how the Bible calls them generals today, but really if you looked at them and how they lived very regular lives and how they were very probably very unsure of a lot of things, you realize that you are in good company. Now faith is the assurance, the title, deed and the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. For by this kind of faith, the men of old gained divine approval. By faith, that is what an inherent trust and enduring confidence in the power, wisdom and goodness of God. We understand that the worlds, the universe, the ages were framed and created formed and put in order and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God that is so powerful so that what is seen was not made out of things which were visible by faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain um, through which it was testified of him that he was righteous and God testified by accepting his gift. And though he died yet, this act of faith, he still speaks by faith that pleased God, Enoch was caught up and taken to heaven so that he would not have a glimpse of death and was not found because God had taken him for even before he was taken to heaven, he received the testimony still on record that he walked with God and pleased him. But without faith, it is impossible to walk with God and to please him. For whoever comes near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him by faith with confidence in God and his word. Noah, being warned by God about events not yet seen in reverence, prepared an act. So it wasn't in doubt. The Bible says it was in reverence he was preparing that act for the salvation of his family. By this act of obedience, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called by God, obeyed by going to a place which he was to receive as an inheritance, And he went, not knowing where he was. Look at this cultural statement, for crying out loud. Abraham, when he was called by God, obeyed by going to a place which he was to receive as an inheritance. How can you go to a place that you are yet to receive? Meaning the place does not even exist, but he started going. And he went, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived as a foreigner in the promised land, as in a strange land living in tents as nomads with Isaac and Jacob who were were fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was waiting expectantly and confidently looking forward to the city which has foundations, an eternal heavenly city, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive a child, even when she was long past the normal age for it, because she considered him who had given her the promise to be reliable and true to his word. She considered him. Do you know sometimes all you need to do is consider God? Do you know? You just need to consider. You just need to start the conversation with God. I promise you that's all he needs from us sometimes just look to him just take your eyes off your situation sometimes take your eyes off and just look up just consider him sometimes that's all he needs so from one man, though he was physically as good as dead, were born as many descendants as the stars of the he- heaven in number and innumerable as the sand on the seashore. I feel like sometimes uh, Abraham even still pinches himself in heaven. I'm sure he's like, ha, huh. thank God I didn't miss it. Can this be real? Could it be that even in those t- times that I was so unsure, God was doing something all those things were it was going up to god as as the evening sacrifice it was pleasing to him it was like worship god received the it's like incense that was burning god received it It was just like oh my god i have to bless this man he even considered me he even dared to believe me when nobody else had done this thing all these died in faith, guided and sustained by it without receiving the tangible fulfillment of God's promises, only having seen, anticipated, anticipating them and having welcomed them from a the distance and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Now, those who say such things, make it clear that they are looking for a country of their own. We can go on and on. It's a very long scripture. I would advise us to continue when we go off the score. But you see, if you look at these men, it just took, it, they just arose. Look at Deborah. The Bible tells us, Deborah's account, she said, I, Deborah, I arose. I left what I was used to. I left my degree. I left the confines of tradition. I left everything that was comfortable and convenient for me. And I arose a mother in Israel. And if you go down that scripture in Judges 5, or is it Judges 6, you will see that the Bible talks about how the the stars fought in their causes for her. All of creation responds to our acts of faith. All of creation responds to our Resolution in our hearts that we will trust, we will consider the word of God, we will trust him and we will run with him. This is a good place to pray. Please let's unmute our mics and let us begin to pray. In fact, as I was as I was speaking these words, I felt like I was hearing people already bursting forth in spontaneous, you know, worship or just you know, speaking, praying in the spirit. I would like us to just pray begin to pray in the spirit over every word that you have heard this morning, that you will not be found on the wrong side of the gates. You will not be found on the wrong side of the prophetic word. You will not be found on the wrong side in this season. You will be the one that considers the word of God. You will be like Jesus and you will say that Lord, Ah, this hope that you are giving me, Lord, it is hard for me. Nevertheless, not my will of God, but let your will be done. You will be on the side that considers the will of God. You will be on the side that receives the wisdom of God, that receives the counsel of God with joy, with anticipation, with reverence. You will build with God. You will lean on God. You will, you will, you will depend on God in this season. You will have faith in God. Wow. Because when you do this, you release the knowledge of the glory of God over the earth, that even unbelievers will come to the to, to, to the to the to the to uh, the conclusion that Jesus is Lord. Nobody will be able to resist. Nobody will be able to resist by, this, by, by 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 our acts of faith. They will not be able to resist the understanding and the revelation that Jesus indeed is Lord. That our God deserves to be glorified. I would like us to pray over ourselves this morning. Let my life even be a memorial stone, O God, even for the generations to come. Let me not be a casting, oh God. Father, with all the blessings, Lord, that the kingdom has. In my life, Lord, Lord Father, help me, Lord. Allow these words to allow this truth to allow your words to be yes. in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, pray for yourself this morning. Pray, pray pray. Make sure heaven can hear your voice. Make sure heaven can hear your voice. It is my desire, oh God, that when you return, oh God, you will know in me. You will find faith in me. You will find faith in me. You will find faith in me. In the name of Jesus. You will find faith in me. Find in me, O oh God. In the name of de Oh For this is the ancient landmark, O oh, God that the fathers have set, O God. May I not forget the things that matter. May I not forget the things that matter. Let your word never come and find me idle. Let your word never come and find me cold. Let your word never come and find me unresponsive, oh God. cause me to always arise in faith. Cause me to always agree by faith. Cause me, me to live my life by faith, Jesus. I know that will not be convenient. I know that it will not be easy. Father, I know that with you all things are possible. I know, oh God, that your desire is to send me forth as an arrow in your hands, O oh God. Help me to trust you. Help me to believe you. Help me to take your word, oh God, as the testament, oh God, and as the final government over my life. Help me to surrender to your word. In the name of Jesus, Father, give me nothing else to hope for except your word. My Let me not look to the worldly possessions, oh God. Let me not look to the things that are fleeting, oh God, and be like that rich. No, but Father, even just like the lepers, in that moment, oh God, in that beautiful moment when the dawning of new day was about to be pressed oh God, were found in the right place because they had nothing to do. May I not hold anything too dear, oh God, that you have not come precious. In the name of Jesus, Recura base ya dosaha mareza pade bosaha era vos indebre de maha ereco cedera maka de bosse kede prodadadousi vos indebre oh father this is my prayer today oh god oh father in the name of jesus this is our desire oh god this is our desire let this constantly be the desire of our hearts oh god let us even this season oh god that we have crossed into let this not be the final time oh god or let this not be the last time that we will ever trust you oh god what we desire is a culture oh god of journeying in you a culture of trusting in you a culture of leaning on you a culture of having faith in you oh god so that even when you establish things for today even when you establish the things for tomorrow even when things seem fantastic in another couple of weeks or another couple of days oh god we will not be we will not be complacent, O God, but just like Abraham, we will continue journeying, O God, even though we do not fully lay hold of it while we are on earth, O God. Father, because we have caught a glimpse by reason of our conviction and our belief, O God, and by reason, O God, of the dictates of your word, Lord, we have caught a glimpse, Lord, of what you are saying. We will continue to journey with with, with your word. Your word will be like the star, O God, that was above the wise men, O God, as they journeyed to the to the birthplace of the king father your word lord will give us the direction oh god until we arrive at christ until we arrive at christ until we arrive at the knowledge of the glory of our god in the name of jesus father let every knee bow and let every tongue confess that jesus is lord by reason of how we have faith in you, by reason of how we journey in you, by reason of how we trust you, and by reason of how we indeed give our lives to you, oh God. Let our lives be a testament. Let our lives be a weapon in, the, in your hands, oh God, for you are our Father, oh God, and we are your children. Your word tells us, oh God, that blessed is the man that has his quiver full, O oh God, of arrows. Children are like arrows in the hands of their Father. We thank you, Father, because we know that we are your weapons O god and we are the ones that would answer the enemies at the gates we are the ones that will bring forth the will and the counsel of the father because this season we are rising responsibility as sons we arise oh god as 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 your image bearers indeed we arise as christ we are going forth Lord, bearing the mark the emblem of christ jesus we give you praise O god we glorify your name we say thank you abba Thank you, Jesus, for such a fantastic time of fellowship with your spirit. Thank you, O oh God, because we will not forget these experiences, O oh God. We thank you because we know, Lord, that we walk into every promise, O oh God, and we walk into every purpose and every plan you have for us in this day. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you all. God bless you. Um, have a fantastic day. We meet